What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Foundation podcast, Tomas Jack Cordilla, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. So where do we find you right now? I'm um, located right now back at home in Montreal, Quebec. And how long have you been there? Uh, it's going to go, what, on three weeks next week, I believe. I came home on the 13th after my pro day, thinking that I'm just going to come home, see my family for, what, a couple of days and come back, go back to Buffalo on the Monday. But as we were driving home, everything was getting shut down and by the next week, the border was already shut down, so my parents felt like it was a better idea if I stayed home and trained and stayed secluded for a little bit. Maybe safer in Canada than the States, potentially? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd definitely say so. <laughs> and you just literally were able to sneak your pro day in. How crucial was that? And did you ever think about maybe moving that date earlier or yourself working out on a different date earlier for pro scouts due to coronavirus? Um, it was an interesting time. I remember during our workout sessions in Buffalo, um, me and Dev Lamore, who's also a Montreal native, were working out with a group of guys, and we were all we were all worried about with all this Corona stuff was happening. As basically as we started to train in January, everything with this Corona news was starting to lay down, and um, we were getting a little bit nervous. But we didn't really see everything getting shut down the way it is right now at the time. But we were very fortunate and blessed to have snuck it in right at the last day. <laughs> and you because, did well, man. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was so nerve wracking. Um, I've been waiting for that. I waited for that day basically since I found out about what a pro day was as a kid. Um, me and my friends have been training nonstop, um, grinding. Um, we had a really great senior class that we were able to work out together and um, perform at pro day. It was just a lot of nerves. Like I, I really wanted to do well. Uh, I wanted to show that um, everybody who's helped me get that to that point was successful and allowed me to reach my almost my full potential. You mentioned envisioning that as a kid. So let's go back before we sort of go forward here for a second. When did you first get into football? Where did you grow up and all that good stuff? 
Uh, group in Montreal, Quebec. Um, uh, I live with right now. My I live with right now with my dad, my stepmom, and my stepsister. Um, we've lived in, I've lived in the same house since I was since I was a child. This is my grandfather's house. He came to Canada a long time ago, and this property's remained in the family for over well now three generations. Cool. Um, I grew up. Uh, across a little little river so for done so i started my football career with the uh, point st charles aces um my dad was a coach so i remember going ever since i was a little baby to his practices watching um helping water balls uh uh mowing the lawn drawing the lines in the grass i did it all i loved the game i loved being around him when he was coaching i loved the atmosphere of the pads hitting the hot dogs cooking on the sidelines um, the moms and little babies cheering on the sideline. Um, I fell in love with it as a child. So at five years old, as soon as I was given the signature to release me, release me to allow me to play, I haven't stopped. I haven't looked back. Did you end up playing CJEP and going through that whole program too? Oh uh, yes, sir. Um, I went to Vanier College in Saint Um I did three seasons there, and it was memorable. Some of the greatest memories I've ever had in my life. And how did that lead to you going to the University of Buffalo? I would imagine there was a number of scholarship offers and probably a bunch of Canadian schools were trying to keep you up north. So how did that process play out for you? Um, well, to begin, I would like to thank Bain College for just um, being a great support system, having, having great mentors, having great people, resources, um, education is a f- fantastic. But everything was already set in place for me to do well. Um, I had a lot of great mentors. I also went through Vanier and made it through the CFL, like Sean Main, Jesse Josephs, Adrian Davis, um, guys who've had uh, college careers and pro careers, uh, have done well, really well for themselves after football. But just having those guys around my life who I know who went to the same path I did, um, basically already had the had it drawn out for me had the map had the game plan drawn out i tried to do really well in school um had to put in work in the off season training running conditioning um straight conditioning um and then just you know killing in my classes and your parents really instilled that work ethic in you from when you were a young child how did they do that um probably by not just giving anything to me i had to work for everything had nothing handed to me as a child um I didn't come from like the, we, we don't come from like the richest background, but my parents provided everything that I needed, but anything that I wanted, they told me that I had to go out and get it myself. Uh, like uh, video games, I had to shovel snow for a couple winters to save up money to buy my first PS3 um, that was mine. And I still have to this day and I cherish this day because I worked hard for it. But little things like that where they wouldn't uh, give me the satisfaction of just buying it for me. They made me get a job. I worked multiple jobs. I worked at Provigo, a grocery store. I worked at the AMC movie theater downtown Atwater. I worked at the Vanier Sports Complex, multiple different jobs there. Um, I've done little odd jobs like movings, um, working for lawn mowing people, just really doing anything to earn a buck. And this was all while I was also going to school full-time, taking seven classes at Vanier, um, studying, um, trying to train, trying to study for the SAT, doing other things, multiple things to try to keep myself uh, busy, but also uh, in the route to try to be successful. A lot of good stuff, man, but I might be most curious. Does the PS3 still work? Oh, yeah. So I have it. Uh, it's actually in Buffalo right now. I'm kind of sad that I didn't bring it with me back home, but I wasn't expecting to be here for like three months at least. <laughs> Favorite game on PlayStation? 
Oh, NCAA 14, man. Oh, still rocking the NCAA. Oh, I still have it. I oh, oh, classic. I can't wait for them to finally release uh, a newer version. But no, I still have that game. Road to Glory is still my favorite game mode of all time. Do you still update the games, or do you have the ones that you originally bought when you purchased the system? Oh, what do you mean, like? Uh... Like, do you have the original, yeah, like when you bought the PS3, do you have some of the original games that you got with it, like your first games with the system, or do you update them through the years? I keep keep it all. I think the first couple of games I bought for it were uh, Modern Warfare, Um, probably NCAA was one of the first games I probably bought, Um, probably Grand Theft Auto, maybe like a racing uh, racing game, oh, and definitely 2K, I've, I've had all the 2K since like 2K, like what, 14, 13? Nice. Yeah. And if your parents are making you earn and go out and buy your own video game system, it seems like everyone in our world now obviously is walking around with cell phones. When I was a kid, personally myself, I didn't have one until the, the later years in high school. How did that work out for you? Did your parents provide you one, or was that something you had to go earn on your own? Uh, well, they just wouldn't get me a cell phone. Uh, I really couldn't afford to keep like buy a cell phone and keep a plan at the time, or I was not interested in doing it because... I saw it as an expense, I guess, that I really didn't need. There was pay phones. I had plenty of friends who would let me borrow their phones. So they were never pressured to get me a phone. It was only until later later in high school where I was going to more things. I was doing Team Quebec. I was um, training in different parts of the city. I was having, I had friends in different parts of the city, which they allowed me to go have fun with. But I was only at that point where they realized that, yeah, I need a phone now because they want to keep in touch with me and make sure I'm safe. But even even when they got me a phone, they got me this big clunky phone. <laughs> and it was it was it was like four or five years like past due, and I could only do so many things on it. I don't even think I could access the internet on it. But I mean, I don't think any phones back. Ah, uh, no, definitely no. My phone was definitely like way past due. But I could text, I could call, I could get voicemail. So I was I was I was, I was rolling. I was set. I was I was enjoying it. People used to make fun of me about my phones growing up all the time. Throughout throughout uh, high school, throughout Vanier, people were making fun of me. But hey, it worked. So that's all you needed. I was happy. I guess. I, I guess. I'm looking back at it, looking back on it. My parents uh, made me really appreciate things. And wow, yeah, I, I, I miss those phones now because they were so much more simple. Like people wouldn't Facetime me. People wouldn't bother me. If they didn't text or call me, they would leave me alone. So I guess I miss those days. It allows you maybe just to focus on the present a little bit. Oh, definitely. So where my feet are, it's a big thing, especially what I learned in Buffalo, like be where your feet are. So looking back on, I guess it was them implementing that a little bit in me at a time. Was that old school phone the one that NCAA schools were contacting you on when the time came? Uh, what phone did I? Uh, I think it was Twitter. I remember the school schools would hit me up on Twitter. They went with the rules and everything. They would be limited so much, how much texting and calling they could do. When I was getting recruited, but yeah, I think I still had an old, like, slide-up type Motorola, I think. I don't even... The Razor, maybe? No, it was definitely not a Razor. No. It was, like, the <laughs> off-side... If, if, if the Razor had a, had, a, had a big brother that was chunky, or that probably be <laughs> the phone I had. Like, I didn't have the Razor. I probably had, like, the dull, the dull butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> How did the whole NCAA recruiting process play out from you, from sorting through all of the offers, and then ultimately deciding to go to UB? That whole process was a journey, man. Started probably when I was 13, when four, 13, 14, when I was introduced to the possibility that I could play in the States. 
Uh, my old football coach, Andre Clark, he, I've met him in LaSalle, and he's been, I've been training with him ever since. He first put the idea in my head and in my friend's head that we could uh, we can go somewhere with football if we put the right amount of work in. So um, it pretty much started from that, getting information when I was young. Um, I always wanted to go play high school football in the States, but my parents didn't feel like I was mature enough and ready enough to leave the house yet. And I can appreciate that. Um, they wanted to keep me at home when they, I felt that I still had lessons to learn and, ex- and things to experience while under their watch. So I stayed, uh, took, I guess, a longer route by going to Vanier. Um, and as I got, I remember when I was getting recruited by Vanier, Junior Luke was coming out of CJEP and um, he was getting recruited by some teams in the States. And I remember Coach Pete, um, head coach from Vanier, um, great guy, um, he was telling me, about the possibilities of me playing in the states and how schools come up and see guys when their time is when their time is right, and so just from that, I remember that first couple of days I was in Coach Pete's office um, with my dad. He was talking to me and telling me that if I just work hard and I come to Vanier, um, the sky's the limit. So um, I was at Vanier for three years, try to work as hard as I can, hard work, work as hard as I could. Um, but I only had a couple schools that really came out. There wasn't that many schools coming to see kids that uh, see kids coming out of CJ uh, when I was getting recruited. Um, but Buffalo was one of the first teams down south to offer me completely. It showed me love and interest and support immediately. Um, I didn't feel really much hesitation. I was talking to a couple other schools down south. But um, the way Buffalo was aggressively um, showing me how much they care and want me, I committed probably maybe a couple weeks after they offered me, after talking to my parents and um, reviewing my Canadian options. So was it an early commitment? It was summer. Uh, well, they offered me in the summer. I went to a camp. Um, I did well. They offered me after the camp. I came home. I might have took. I might have taken a couple more Canadian trips just to have some have my friends go with somebody because a lot of my friends were having these offers from different schools and they didn't want to go alone. So. I remember taking visits with some of them, um, but it was just basically just trying to compare Buffalo to Canada to Canadian schools and really see how big the difference is, how big the gap is between D one football and CIS football. For you, was there ever a thought of potentially playing in your hometown at one of the schools in Montreal? There's a number of institutions uh, there. Uh, I, I won't lie. Yes, I had, I had to think about it. I had to go through my options. Um, I had a lot of great mentors who coached at universities in Montreal. Um, Ron Hilaire, he actually played at Buffalo. Um, he's head coach in McGill right now. And I don't know, I've always been drawn to him. He's such a great leader, such a great mentor. Um, so whatever he would ever say, I would listen and take in completely, full-heartedly. So I definitely consider going to McGill because obviously it's a great academic school and um, having him there would have uh, been amazing to be around every day then what um, was it about UB that sold you on that program um the love um when I remember I remember when I first went to UB we didn't have like what we have now when I left we didn't have indoor we didn't have a training room I mean a, a dining kind of uh tables we didn't have um big meeting rooms or really sufficient meeting rooms our locker room didn't look the same um our turf was different the carpet on the floors and the locker room were different the lockers were different um the chilling areas that we have as players were different the academic resources were were good but they weren't as great as they are now 
So um, I just saw the potential with UV. They had a lot of great people, and I feel like when you have a lot of great people in the, fa- uh, the facility and an organization, there's really so much potential for room to grow. Were you there when Khalil Mack was there? No, no. He, he graduated a couple of years before I even got there. Ah, gotcha. But, but I have met him a couple of times. His younger brother uh, went to UV, Ladarius Mack. He's a monster defensive end. But Colomac would definitely come around campus, um, definitely show love. He'd work out with us, compete. He's an insane beast. He's a monster. I remember uh, a couple times where I was used as a practice dummy for him so he could practice some crop the guy techniques, and it was insane. (laughs) Good guy to take reps against. Oh, I mean, I didn't really get to take reps. I was kind of like just showing him my arms, giving him body presence, and he would just do his thing with his trainer. Uh, I remember this one time, his trainer, this guy, um, he practices with these, like, knives. And he was telling us, like, don't resist because these are techniques that are being taught to break someone's arm. So, Ouch. Yeah, no, it was some serious business, but I loved it. I took every moment in. I saw how he worked, saw how he um, came in as a professional, how he talks to everybody, um, how he looks everybody in the eye. But that dude was just a beast and just a really great role model. Were you able to take some of his teachings and obviously – what else you learned there at Buffalo and provide that forward for yourself so you could be ready for the pros? Oh, definitely. Definitely taking in every moment I can of learning, um, people trying to pour into me, people trying to give me information and tools that will ultimately help me in my career. Um, I've been blessed to keep in touch with my um, older big bros in the offensive line room. Some of them have gotten opportunities to play pro ball in both Canada and the States. So they always come back like I always keep in touch with them and they tell me things they share film they share knowledge and resources and which I've, I've used and I took advantage of because why not like it's only going to make get me better and they they want the best for everybody in our circle and everybody who's played for UV so it's, it's a great environment to get better and to learn from other people and to listen who are some of those former teammates from UB that are either playing in the NFL or the CFL um well I'll start off with Rubens Joseph. He, I played a little left guard with him a little bit at UB in practice reps and a little bit. Of, I don't know if we played the game on the same side, but we definitely played, started together. Um, he has had time in Miami. He has had time in Baltimore. And right now he's actually with the Toronto Argonauts right now. Ah, okay. Good connection in the league. Oh, definitely. Um, James O'Hagan, big mentor to me. Um, great guy. Um, strong leader, power, uh, just grit. I can't say enough about how tough this guy is. Um, he had some time with the Giants a little bit, and then he had just passed uh, this this past season had a stint with the XFL DC Defenders. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but great guy. He's definitely only one way up for him. He's such a great competitor, and I've learned so much from him. I played with him for next to him for three years, so. Every day I felt like he was showing different things, maybe not even intentionally, but I would just pick it up and I just want to say thank you to him right now because I don't think I probably said thank you to him enough. That's pretty special, man. What was it like overall playing at UB? Because from my understanding, Western New York and Buffalo, the city, follow that program religiously. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a great fan base. Um, I've seen the ups and downs of it. Being my first season, we went two and ten, so you know the hype wasn't that real. But um, we've had gone, we've gone on to have great seasons, going on to going to not winning the MAG title, but getting there at least. Um, we're going to multiple bowl games, winning this bowl, last pass Bahamas bowl game, 
Um, you see, I've seen it grow in the, 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 the commitment level of the city. Um, they love sports in Buffalo, great sports town, the Bills, the Sabres. Um, they have uh, minor league baseball. They got a whole bunch of hockey, uh, hockey players around town. Um, a lot of football, a lot of football fans. Bill's mafia is crazy. <laughs> um, but no, it's a great sports town. And when you're doing well and you join that you're, you're committed to the city and committed to, to put on to the city, they really, uh, they really come in in droves and they really support and it's great. If I'm not mistaken, you were part of the winningest class ever in UB football history. Why do you think your group was able to turn the program around, as you said, from your first year to finish it off with a bowl victory? Uh, it's just that when you uh, we were young, after our first two, two and ten season, we were young. A lot of guys had transferred out, and then obviously some guys had to come transfer in. So we were new. Our chemistry levels weren't right right to be successful right away, but we had a whole lot of hard workers on our team, a lot of guys who put in the work every day and sh- ultimately showed me when I first got into school um, what it takes to become a champion, what it takes to um, win games consistently, what it takes to eat well, train well, study hard, um, do well in the classroom. All those things matter and count. Uh, and you don't think so at first. Like, why does school count You know, uh, these in game planning or why does – what how I do on this test affect how I perform on the weekend, and it really does. Um, Coach Leipold did a really great job in showing us um, that everything matters, and it's all about the details and to limit distractions. And if you do those things, then we, you'd be successful. And we we did. Um, we didn't win a MAC title uh, while uh, my class was there. It was our goal. It's the only thing we talked about. It's our mindset. It's how we break the huddle down. How we break workouts down. We won a MAC championship. Um, it's unfortunate that we couldn't um, finish that. We were very close, but close is not close enough. And um, But that was our mindset. So that's all we wanted to do. There was nothing else besides being victorious. Overall, it really seems like your class changed sort of the face and complexion and the thought around that program overall. How does that make you feel? Um, I don't want to just limit to my class. Like There was a lot of great guys that were coming out um, during those times that may have not had the full four years to try to have a certain amount of wins, but there were a lot of great guys who were in the program that are in great places right now um, because they worked hard and they try to help turn around the program because it takes older guys and leadership. So as a younger class, we have, we were there for four years, but it took the older guys to help us and lead us um, and point us in the right direction. So I, I really think those guys who were there in my first three, first three years of college because um, I feel like they're really like the, the guys to almost start the, the ball and get the chain rolling. What was it like to play with a quarterback who has the physical skill set of Tyree Jackson? I mean, that dude's a freak. Um, he runs really well, jumps really well, um, strong, uh, puts a lot of work in the weight room, um, spends a lot of time before practice, after practice, working on his game. Um, just a beast, tall. He said I had a quarterback who was so tall, um, so he was really mobile. Um, so it was just great. It was, it was fun. He could either run it himself for 60 yards or he could bomb it for 60. So every play, it was like you got to be ready for both. What Did it give you sort of a view of what it might be like watching the pro days as you were going through your years until it was finally yours? Oh, definitely. I watched all our – um, seniors from the years uh, when I was younger, um, watching them, how they went about it, how they prepared for pro day, 
was taking in advice, taking in information before it was actually my turn so that I could use it when it was my time to shine. Um, but just always watching, being tentative. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, those guys were definitely showing me what to do before I had to do it. Your versatility along the offensive line is one thing from talking to scouts that seems to stand out. Do you take pride in that? Versatility in what ways? Uh, like my playing styles or the fact that I can probably play almost all five? Or That's it, playing across anywhere on the O-line? I mean, I've been asked to do it my whole career to play different spots. Um, I played a little bit of center growing up um, when I played for the South Warriors. But I mostly played guard and tackle there. I was rotating around, playing a different spot, so that helped me a lot growing up, playing offensive line of how to put my hand in the dirt different ways, line up, get my feet balanced, and get my uh, my blocks off right from different stances. Um, just being asked to do multiple things, I guess, um, growing up and not like being stuck in one position or only playing one style of football or playing only for one team. I played for a couple different coaches. Um, that are, have been very successful in their career. So I feel like just being in the right spots, I guess, and playing for the right people has allowed me to have my game where it's at today, but still a long way way to go on my route, my route to improvement. But I'm just blessed to have had the training I've had growing up and have had the mentors in my life that I've had. Do you feel like you were able to show that athleticism and versatility at the UB Pro Day? Um. Not as high as I probably would have. I, I had a meniscus tear mid-season that I had to play through. Um, so coming in in January, I was half training, half rehabilitating my knee. So during pro day, I had to really almost not pick and choose what I wanted to really um, dominate in. But like I had to limit myself, especially on my jumping, especially the broad jump. I didn't jump as hard at anywhere as hard as I, sh- I should have been able to if I was coming out 100%, but I didn't want to jump and land an awkward way or maybe, like, land funny, and I wouldn't be able to pr- produce or perform in my indie drills for the scouts. So I wanted to show that I was bendable, flexible, um, explosive, but also in a certain limit in the 40 testing and the L drill and all those other tests that may not always equate to football so that I could – perform well during my work with the scouts um, and drills and stuff like that. I can show that I'm getting way better and uh, back to normal and that it was just a minor hiccup this season. Is that tear healing on its own or does it need surgery? Oh, no. I got it scoped out um, in the middle of the season. I took like about a week and a half off and I was right back to it. (laughs) It wasn't fun, but um, I really wanted to play and get back with my teammates and, um, you know, finish off my career strong. I didn't want to redshirt. I wanted to, I was finishing my master's, so I didn't want to have to stay back a whole nother year. And I didn't know how, what that would look like, especially I guess right now with all this going around, going on in the air. I'm glad I finished off when I did. And what was your master's program in? Education studies. And how was that balance playing football at a high level for UB, obviously starting on the offensive line while completing your master's? Oh, it was great. Um, it was a great experience. Uh, being able to go to Vanier, I was able to come to college with like 66 credits already. So having 66 credits transfer over your freshman year of college um, was great. I was able to finish my undergrad in sociology in two years. I jumped right into my master's, got all my uh, things in, in line. I finished my undergrad with like, what, 3.3, I think, GPA. So I slid into grad school like a glove. Nice. Um. 
it was just, I don't know, it was just hard work. Like, um, I remember having to do a lot of reading on the roads for on road trips, having to do a lot of discussion boards on the bus rides. Um, you know, just trying to, like, you know, stay on top of my material. It's like any other, I guess, major. I know all of my friends were business majors and chemical science majors and nuclear physics and a whole bunch of crazy stuff, and those guys play football. So I felt like, you know, writing papers and commenting other people's work and, you know, just, you know, uh, learning more wasn't that big of a struggle or a deal. If I overthought about it, maybe I would have been uh, overwhelmed. But I just try to keep even keel about it because I know, that it's just schoolwork, and as long as I get it done, I'll be fine. How can having a packed schedule between football and schoolwork and everything else that you were doing prepare you for success at the pro level? Time management, time management, time management. Um, having to balance what I want to do and what I have to do. Um, I got papers due. I got to get those done before I can do anything else. Um, and if I, if I don't have time to do anything else, then I don't. If I got to study for this game film or got to get ready to travel this weekend. Um, I got to make sure I get my homework done at least by like Wednesday. So then Thursday, I don't have to think about it. I'm just getting ready, getting into game mode. There were a number of pro teams from both sides of the border, CFL and NFL, at your pro day. What's sort of your focus right now in terms of which league you might be trying to get to? My focus is probably just interviewing well right now. I'm trying to display the best me I possibly can. Um, I feel like everything is in, you know, fate's hands right now. I I was able to do pro day, so my tape for pro day is out there. Um, my game tone for the last four years is out there. Um, so I feel all I can do right now is interview well, um, answer the questions to the best of my ability from whatever side of the border that has the most interest in me. I really have no preference. I mean, I, my preference is to make the most money possible for my family. But apart from that, um, I, I go, I'd go anywhere. I'd live almost anywhere. I love new experiences. I love living in new environments. Um, I love uh, to learn from anybody who was willing to teach me. So I feel that whoever, whoever I've impressed the most or feels that I would fit the best there, I'm willing to go there. Um, if it's cold, hot, you know, blizzard, tornadoes, it'll all be exciting. It'll all be a new experience. But I'm just uh, really glad and fortunate to even be in the situation and to have the honor and privilege of having people, you know, call me and text me and to be uh, interested in me. And if it's just a blessing, um, I wanted this moment to happen on my life, maybe not in a Corona fashion, mm -hmm. but um, definitely have been waiting for this all my life. And I'm just so happy to make my parents and my friends and my loved ones around me happy and excited for me. What are these interviews like now and have the NFL ones differentiated from the CFL ones? Um, CFL, I feel, is more in per, uh, personal, like uh, um, Zoom and, you know, Skype type of calls with coaches. Um, they ask you a lot of questions. You know, you talk to multiple coaches. NFL has just been mostly through texts and through my agent. Well, my temporary, kind of my stepmom's my agent right now. So, it's, you know, keep it in the family. Yeah, I like it. But, um, no, it's just been that, for the most part, answering questions. And I feel like, I guess, this is the time where teams, you know, try to um, search information out about you. So asking your friends and peers and coaches and teachers about you. So I feel like right now, um, anything that I've ever done in my life is probably coming to light. Or um, people are finding out everything about me that they, that they need to find out to make sure I'm not a nutcase or, you know, a bad guy. Are there any questions that have come out of left field for you or been the curveball 
not really. I feel like I've been prepared for this moment because I've had friends who've gone through it. So they've told me the interesting questions they've had or like the type of topics teams want to talk about. And I've had coaches, you know, pour into me growing up and tell me about these types of deals because they went through it. So because I guess uh, that I've been able to have such great people around me and, you know, trying to keep me prepared at all times that nothing so far has seemed crazy. Uh, Maybe sometimes I get a little anxious and a little paranoid because I always want to answer as the best as best as I can. So sometimes I always think back about how I answer things. And maybe if I mumbled a little bit, sometimes I mumble and I don't articulate my words as well as I should. So that um, gets to me and I always try to. I'm trying to get better th- trying to get better at that, but I mean, my anxiousness sometimes during this time um, gets the, gets into my head, especially you know being in the house all day. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little tough. Just some excitement, really, is probably what's coming out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Um, I just want to do it as well as I can because I feel like I owe it to the people who've helped me. Um, then I feel like I'm a credit to to everybody who's you know giving me lifts after practice, um, <laughs> giving give. Uh, uh, giving me lunch at school or like anybody anybody who's done anything for me I feel like I owe them and I always try to put that on my shoulders because it, it drives me and it keeps me motivated it keeps me humble to want to put on for people who's who's helped me because I've, I've needed so much help in my life not that financially wise but on things like lifts at the practice or like going to all-star games and I need like a ride or because it's hard in Quebec or something like we've always had people you know just reach out and help me and my family um, to make sure that I end up where I'm supposed to end up. Do you have a sense from an NFL perspective what could happen in terms of being a draft pick, undrafted free agent, or rookie minicamp invitee? Oh, I just want to get in the building. So if that means it's a rookie minicamp invite, if it means uh, it's a tryout, I really don't. It really doesn't matter where I end up in the draft or where I, I really don't care about that. I just want to make sure I get in the door. Um, same thing with college football when I came to Buffalo. Like I just needed the offer one offer didn't need to be glamorous didn't need to be all exciting i just need to get in the door and that's been my mindset growing up as long as i get in the, get one foot in the door i feel like i can um, press on and press through and make something of it and from a cfl perspective there's a lot of people up in canada talking about you being a high-end first round pick one of the top offensive linemen available in the 2020 class do you feel like you're the best guy available in the cfl draft at the o-line spot I felt that I have to watch enough tape on other guys to even make a, make a judgment about them. Obviously, they're being scouted because they've had great careers as well. Um, guys that are around my age, so I'd, I wouldn't want to disrespect them and tell them, say out loud that I'm better than because I don't know those guys. Um, but I'm just honored to be, you know, have my name mentioned. I've seen my name in articles as always, you know, I always get a little tingle and excitement from it. Um, but no, uh, when, uh, I would say that I've tried to be the best me as I can be, and hopefully that means that I'm uh, worthy of being a top pick. But um, everybody's being looked at because they deserve it and because they've done well. I don't want to put down anybody. Um, those, are, those are about to be grown men now. So I feel like I can only prove it by actually getting in the door somewhere and you know putting it on tape. And then in two years and three years, then anybody who wants to decide that, they can decide that. But I just try to be the best me I can be every day. The CFL Combine ended up being canceled, obviously, to, to the COVID-19 pandemic. But was that an event that you might have attended and maybe not worked out and stood on your pro day numbers and just go to the interviews? Or what were you planning, let's say, if that event happened? Oh, I would have definitely been there. I got a lot of friends that I played football with growing up that were, it was their time to shine. I was definitely going to interview there, um, definitely talk to as many teams that would have liked to talk to me. But mostly just to support 
a lot of my close friends growing up, Jersey Henry, Devlin Moore, um, I Brian, her, her, Brian Herman Mella, I'm messing up his name, but her Lavanna, I got you. Her, yeah, I always mess up his name. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, he doesn't hear this too soon. But, <laughs> um, no, a bunch of guys I played with at Vanier, guys I played with at LaSalle, Justin Julian. Um, I, I, I'm probably blanking out names right now. Adam Sinegra from Calgary. Um, I played all star games with him, I competed against him when he played for Celeron. I played for LaSalle. Um, I'm trying. To, I'm blanking out, but there's obviously there's a whole bunch of guys I played against, played with, um, known growing up, trained with. But I just wanted to say hi to you know support. Um, whatever they needed, I would be able to, to to help them out because I feel like uh, I've trained with a lot of great guys who pushed me and helped me work hard. And so I felt it had been a great 360 moment to come full circle, and uh, we're all there. And so it's, it's finally our time. You mentioned interviewing with teams on Zoom or taking phone calls or Skype or any stuff like that. What's on the docket for you between now and both drafts, the NFL and the CFL draft, both happen at the end of April? Um, you know, I'm just trying to – I'm working out on my sidewalk and in my driveway every day. Um, that's the only guaranteed thing I have every day that I try to keep consistent. I'm running and just trying to stay healthy and fit and also doing my offensive line drills and work. Um, but that's like that's about it. That's consistent. I got a couple of interviews here and there um, that are popping up as the days go on. Every day I'm getting some 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 new heat about that. But it's just been kind of quiet and steady for the most part. Just either just being patient and waiting for when the draft actually happens. What do you think that moment will be like? Whether it's you know NFL, CFL, when you get picked by a team, and I can sense the excitement in you that you just want to get in the building there. Have you? allowed yourself to go to that point yet or are you patiently waiting uh you know you think about it but uh, you, you dream about it for since for so long um right now it kind of feels like there's just a monkey on the back and you're just gonna wait for, trying to wait for it to get lifted when you know you finally maybe hear your name at, at some point getting picked up but it's just a, a, a waiting game right now and i try not to put myself in that situation because there's so many different scenarios that can happen I can't. I could. I, I can end up not even being like in the first round of the CFL. I could be a last round CFL pick. Like you never know. Things happen. Um, so every day I just try to like focus on my daily tasks, and you know, just when that day comes, I'll be really excited, really appreciative of wherever I end up. But you, also still like the mindset to it's only the beginning. And this is only like a starting point now. It's like my first day back in college. Just it's the beginning. It's time to work and you know climb the ranks. Do you or your family have a preferred destination because they're in Montreal? Do they want to try to keep you in that city? No, not really. Um, they're probably just hoping for somewhere warm, you know, get, hopefully <laughs> I can play somewhere. I've always played in the cold most of my life, um, so maybe probably somewhere warm, I guess, for them. But my dad's traveled um, far places to come see me play football, so I feel like wherever it is, he'll, he'll be excited to, to go to a new venue and a new places to see me play, but... That's about it for them. They're just really excited and really happy for me. Did your parents pass on some athletic genes to you? Were they athletes growing up? Oh, oh for sure. My dad played football, rugby, a um, bunch of uh, hockey growing up, growing up in St. Bruno, Quebec, um, playing a lot of those sports outside. I, he had, I have a lot of uncles and aunts that play a lot of sports as well, so they're all active together. Um, on my dad's side, on my mom's side, my mom weightlifted. She ran track, volleyball, um, swam always ran um so a couple of very active and you know healthy parents you got some good genes then 
Oh, yeah, I'd say so for sure. I guess uh, being 6'4", you know, being blessed. A lot of the guys in Montreal are not this tall, so I guess uh, definitely getting it from them. Did your parents make it to all the games at UB that were in Buffalo? Uh, uh, maybe not all of them. We had some action games where they're like midweek games where they work so they can't go. But most of the home games and even like some of the road games that are more out east, like the, what was it, what, what like Army, um, any team, any, most of the teams on the East Coast, they, were able, they, they would try to be able to come. But being, having, being able to play on TV allowed them to, you know, just sit back on the couch at home and enjoy seeing their son play on TV. What was it like to play in those matching games, nationally televised games in the States on ESPN or CBS or some of those big channels down there? What was it like to be on that stage? It was a blessing to have that opportunity. Um, I, I can't see myself play while I'm playing, so, you know, it's, it's only a great experience, you know, after. Just, you know, it's great exposure. I'm just more fortunate that my friends and family back home can see me play. But most of those games are like a midweek on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when you got class in the morning. So it's just a whole different experience. But, you know, it's exciting. Did you ever go back and watch the games from the TV cut after? Oh, all the time. That's probably what I thought. One of the first things I come home, I get in my bed after, you know, we hang out maybe after a win. But after a loss, I'm probably in my bed right away, you know, on you trying to find a game on YouTube or somewhere, trying to rewatch it, trying to see how it looks on national TV. And how did that change your week overall? Because you said a lot of those games, the matching ones, end up being midweek. So what did that do to your schedule? Um, it changes. We will we then have practices on the weekends. And, you know, hopefully it's after a bye week so we can switch up how we do things. The process of Monday to Friday goes from like a Sunday to Wednesday or whatever, or Saturday to Wednesday. So we're just switching the days like we – Having played and been in the system for so long, um, Monday practices look like Monday practices. So if a Monday practice is on a Sunday, that's that's the biggest change. That it's a Sunday, not a Monday. Ah. And you just got to uh, keep your head on swivel and always be ready for change because always things happen with school and academics and meetings and workout times. Things change. But Buffalo, we've had a, we've had a great system of communication. So. Um, we've always had them keeping us on alert and keeping us up to date on upcoming things that we need to be aware of. So it was a transition, like going to school and then having to go play football because uh, was a bummer my first season. Um, but, you know, um, that year, that was actually a game that we won. We beat Akron in the cold uh, my freshman year um, when we went 2-10. and ten. So, you know, getting that one of those wins on the max week, you know, kind of propels you for the rest of your career and saying that you can do this every year if you can do it on the year that you went 2-10. and ten. For sure. What was your favorite moment overall about playing football at the University of Buffalo? Um, the locker room. Definitely the locker room. We've had uh, Buffalo recruits from all over the United States, from California to Louisiana to Florida to Detroit um, to, to Virginia, to the DMV to Maryland, um, just everywhere. Um, so we had a lot of great characters and funny guys a lot in the locker room, a lot of big personalities. So just being there after practice, before practice, after workouts, in between meetings, at any point, when you got more than ten guys in there, it's uh, it's it's a it's a fun time from from joking around to wrestling to throwing guys in the shower, you know, just having a a really great time. And it was even better the fact that Buffalo recruited a lot of Canadian talent: um, Dominic Johnson, Cole Burney, Devil Moore, um, Gabe Wallace, um, DeAndre, um, freshman out of uh, London, Ontario. Um, 
Um, probably Julian Barasa, um, just always bringing, uh, trying to bring Canadian guys. Chris Merchant was there when I was my freshman year. He was there. So they always uh, bring, try to bring in uh, local Canadian guys right across the border. Um, so being there with having those guys in there too was funny because you know, there's always a feud between you know American football players and Canadian guys sometimes talking smack and whatnot. So having uh, having you know Gabe Wallace, a big old hunk dude, you know in your corner sitting next to you in your locker room, those wrestle matches really helped. But, um, <laughs> it was just great, you know, having those sharing those experiences, being being the older guy in the locker room at the end, and having a lot of younger Canadian guys and helping them, guiding them, giving them the tools that were given to me, passed down. Passing down information, you know, you know, trying to fill that big brother role uh, was really a blessing. And, you know, um, I'm just really excited and happy that Buffalo continues to believe in Canadian prospects. Andy, Col- Andy Col- Coach Kotelnicki, Col- um, he's a head Canadian recruiter at Buffalo. He's the one who recruited me. Um, he has always came back to Canada. And every time he's in Montreal, he hits me up. I remember last time he was in Montreal, we went to go get a Putin. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was just, it's just great. Um that they've had so much faith and trust in uh, us guys up north. Did you ever feel like you had to prove yourself above and beyond an American counterpart that you were competing against? Uh, not at all. Um, they're saying this. They're they're saying since I since I uh, got to campus was if you can ball, you can ball. Doesn't matter where you're from. Like they recruit guys from France, from Germany. They'll take a guy from anywhere if he can ball and he can, you know, um, do it consistently and he can be a good teammate and a good guy in the program. So I never felt any animosity for being Canadian. Um, you know, when you're in the locker room, guys like joke around, you know, there's a little, little ignorance when you first get there about what, how Canada really is and stuff like that, especially from the guys down south who've you know, never seen snow in their life. <laughs> so, like, they, you know, they say a bunch of funny stuff, but, you know, it's out of great humor and there was no one who treated me, you know, less than or other than for being um, Canadian at all you know it was just they took it in as a learning experience from guys from different places so it was great do some of those guys from the south and the states think that we live in igloos up here and that kind of thing uh i got that i don't know if it was a joke but uh, i remember my freshman year it was like that they i think asked me if our pre if our, if our president's name was tim hortons and i was <laughs> I, had to, I, 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 I had to start with telling him we don't have we have a prime minister that was like the first um kind of shock to them um <laughs> Yeah, guys down south really don't know too, too much. I mean, some guys do, but some guys, you know, you used to never been around Canada, so I guess you would never know you're closer to Mexico, so. But, no, it was, it was you know, it was funny. It was great. They, they ask, you know, they're not assuming things or saying crazy things, but sometimes the questions are just, you know, entertaining because I feel that we know more about them than they know about them than they know about us. And you had to straighten some of them out, too, which is good. I mean, yeah, you know, just, you know, passing along information, trying to, help, trying to help guys out. It's my major, so, you know, just trying to do right. <laughs> just enlighten some people, that's all. I mean, that's all it is. <laughs> Tomas, man, we've taken up probably way too much of your time, but it's been awesome. Thank you for setting aside some time. We hope you, your family, your loved ones around you stay safe during the coronavirus pandemic, and we wish you all the best in the NFL draft, the CFL draft, and your pro journey, man. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much, man. It means a lot. Um, thank you for reaching out to me. Um, happy to do this again anytime. You're a great guy, and um, hope to meet you soon in the future when all this clears up. Appreciate it, man. Be well. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.